With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. The Peter Gammons Report is brought to you by Mavis Discount Tire. Save on tires at MavisDiscount.com. By Fubo TV. Watch your local sports live at FUBOTV.com. FUBOTV.com. Peter joins us. Uh, Peter, as the Yankees and the Red Sox renew uh, friendships at the stadium, Red Sox come in two games behind the surprising Yankees. Uh, give me the state of the Red Sox at the present time. Well, there are a couple of problems. I mean, um, one is trying to determine exactly um, how they put together a five-man rotation. I mean, it's it looked as if it were coming together pretty well. And then Rodriguez hurt his knee again. And that's, you know, basically, it, it, it could take him, if it is four to six weeks, um, you know, that could take him in almost into August before he's back to normal. And uh, he was really pitching well. I mean, he's 24. He's really learned to command his slider, throw his changeup. I mean, he's uh, he's become one of the better starting pitchers in the American League. And, and that is a huge loss of him. And, um the guy that threw a shutout, the one game they brought up for the minor leagues, Brian Johnson, who's finally healthy after a couple of years, went and pulled a hamstring pitching the other night, and you know he, he sort of goes out. That's why I, I think tonight is one of the more fascinating games of the season thus far. Well, it's a big one, especially with Tanaka on the, on the Yankee side, because the only game he's pitched well this year was the Red Sox game. Other than that, and he's always pitched well against the Red Sox, he has done nothing. His ERA would be over seven if it wasn't for the one game he pitched against the Red Sox this year. His split is so flat right now. Um, actually, Tom Verducci did a great um, breakdown on him and, and, the, and, the, and the shape of his split, which is so different. And, you know, Pomerantz has had two great starts. And the Red Sox think they have figured out, gotten his delivery so that he's up on top and gets more angle. But we'll see. I big mean, man, too. Year, big man. What is Pomerantz? 6'6", 6'5", 6'6"? Yeah, six, big man. Six, yeah. Six. And that last year, when he was most effective, it was fastball, curveball with a lot of cutters. But cutters did a number on his elbow. The question now is going to be with Pomerantz, can he go out there and make 25 to 30 starts in a season and not be hurt uh, and throw his three pitches consistently? So, I mean, he, he had a tendency to have one good game and two bad ones. Now he's had two good ones in a row. Is he going to hold up physically? If he goes out in the Yankee Stadium and pitches really well, I think it's an important thing for them um, as a team and for him personally because they just don't have the depth. and. You know, they, they, they're in the position where going above the luxury tax trigger is something they do not want to do, and they right. don't have a lot of money left. Um, they can't go into, and plus they've created so many young players, they can't go out and get in the sweepstakes for Garrett Cole or let's say Matt Harvey were available or whatever. 
Um, that's something I think the Yankees will do. And um, so they, they need to get what they can get with, from their six guys, especially with Stephen Whiteout. Sale has been uh, obviously overpowering at times, uh, and the Yankees won't see him. Uh, Price, though, has been, you know, just... I mean, let's be honest. They they need price to be price. What's their feeling right now about where price is? His stuff, the last start, was really good. He threw, he had velocity in his first start, but all the time off. His command was terrible. I was shocked at how how much better his command was in his last start. And he's pretty much back to three pitches and, and uh, um with, with him, it's getting ahead with his fastball. I mean, he was he was not throwing his fastball. So I think it's under fifty percent uh, strike percentage um, in his first start, but he was much better. I mean, you know, it, it's okay. Can he pitch four months? Yes, he can. I mean, he's he's averaged two hundred and thirty innings a year for the last six years, but um, maybe some of that time off helps him. The only question is that. There's never really been any explanation of exactly what makes that elbow unique, which kind of always makes one wonder, could this, could this be a problem again? Yeah, um, I, I, I agree. And I think that, you know, with what they gave up for him, it's a very, it's a very taxing situation. We're talking with Peter Gammons about the Yankees and the Red Sox. Peter, what guy... Let's leave Betts out of it because I have great respect for Betts. What other guy in that lineup... Are they waiting for who's got... No, they're not waiting for Sandoval, we know that. But are they waiting for Ramirez? Are they waiting for Jackie Bradley? I mean, who are they waiting for? Are they waiting for uh, someone else to you know to just bust out of it? Who, who is it in that lineup they're waiting for to really get going? Uh, uh, there's no doubt there's Ramirez. I mean, they, they went into the season expecting that he was going to put up, you know, hit close to 300 and put up 25, 30, 35 home runs. Uh, especially not having to play first base. And the shoulders bother him at times. Other things have bothered him. He has not hit for the kind of consistent power they need in the middle of the order. I mean, you know, Ben Attendee, okay, now this is his, this is his uh, first full major league season. Right. He's been through a couple dips. He's going to be fine. But he's doing I mean, okay, he's though. I mean, he's got 30 no, RBIs. He's hitting 270. He's, not, he's learning. He's not doing badly. No, and he's a terrific player. I mean, he can really play the outfield. He's a great base runner. So that's 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 all fine. And Bogarts is a really good player. Right. But they need Hanley's power. Um, they, you know, people keep saying, oh, maybe David Ortiz will come back. Well, take David Ortiz two and a half months. I mean, yeah. my line is, he went out as a god. Why come back and be immortal? He's not going to do that. He would have come back no. already. He would have played already. I don't think he's going to do that. No, I don't either. But if they, if Sandoval is, is, I mean, the defensive issues. Does Sandoval crazy. have anything? He may hit a little bit against right-handed pitching, but not enough. I, I And when they lost Holt and Hernandez, two really good utility players who can play third, um, that weakened him even more. Morero's done a great job defensively, but I mean, he's got to hit more than 195. And uh, I think third base is a place where they may well go out and make a deal. I mean, people keep saying Todd Frazier, and we all love Todd Frazier, but right. I think more likely a, a Jed Lowry who can go over and play second. And 
he can he can really hit. He's a good player. Um, no, he's a good player. I agree. I mean, yeah. and he's in his final year in Oakland, and he's a guy that to me makes much more sense than uh, than taking out bigger salaries. But they need that, and um, they need their pitchers to stay healthy. I, I mean. I've really been blown away but by how mature some of the Yankees are. Well, the thing is, Judge, let's be honest. Spring training, everyone was a buzz about Bird, who was having an incredible spring. 455, eight homers. They were a buzz about Sanchez, who was coming off a remarkable year and was having a good spring. And Joe Girardi was on two days before the season started saying, I haven't decided yet whether we haven't decided whether it's going to be Hicks who's had a good spring or Judge. They both had good springs. We'll see. We haven't decided. Judge could start in the minors. Judge won the job. And then, voila, people have to be stunned at just what they're seeing from Judge. I mean, Judge has become like a baseball god in here in, in 50 games. Well, I think what's – I said to Joe – that um, I didn't. I saw I saw Judge play in the Cape Cod League. I thought he had tremendous power. I thought it would take a long time, which it often does with the really long armed hitters. Uh, there was a lot of swing and miss, and Joe basically said to me, "Hey, I'll, even in, in, in late March, we didn't know." But he said, "What you can't tell until you start playing regular season games is how guys make adjustments." And he said, "This guy's concentration." His understanding and his intelligence are off the chart. And his and, coordination, and he stands in front of his locker, and he knows what to say after a win and after a loss. He handles the media. He handles everything very deftly. He's got all those qualities, which none of us knew. He's got all these qualities that, you know, the special guys have. I agree. I mean, he's a person that my feeling about him is just the first word that comes to my mind is respect. I mean, I, I, I respect him. Tremendously, because there's no look at me in him. He just goes out and plays baseball, and and uh, uh, those adjustments. I mean, I still think Bird will come back, and and uh, um, you know, I mean, if I know how the Cubs people feel about Torres, I know how the, the Brian Cashman's guys feel about him. Whether it's third base or he plays second, short, and third, and everyone gets a day off occasionally. Uh, I think he's going to be a special guy in the second half. I mean, I've um, the, the same things that have been said to me about um, by the Cubs for a year, um, which is, I mean, this guy has such a slow heartbeat, and he, his internal clock is that of he's so much like Corey Seager in terms of the, of being able to control the speed of the game. Uh, you know, and you know, with internal, it always seems like. The runner's always out by one step, but it's always out, and that's that's what he's got. And uh, it's going to be really fun to watch. Oh, they got some amazing right center field yeah. power, and, uh, which yeah, they, and the Yankees have a lot of right-handed power. And I talked to him about that, and I said, you know, this is not something we're used to seeing. And the Yankees don't have other than Bird a lot of the lefty middle of the line of power. And they said that we're not worried about that anymore. We're not worried about that in in the stadium. We're not worried about that overall. And the Yankees, most of these young guys are all right-handed, which is very, as you know, on Yankee-like. But it's 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 the way they've gone this time around, and they've gotten a lot of years. From a lot of players this year, they really have. I mean, from Hicks, they've gotten a lot. And Gardner, they've gotten a lot. And, you know, they've gotten it from, uh, you know, Castro's played very well, you know. And they've had a lot of guys step up this year and really do a tremendous job. Well, and, and, and Judge 
and Torres both fit their powers right center field. I mean, they're built for that ballpark, which is uh, which is even better. And power, I you know, it's both of Brian's professional scouting guys and also Damon Oppenheimer in the draft. What what impresses me is that one of the things you talk about a lot, and I spent this week preparing for the draft, is you can look around at college players, and there's very little right-handed power out there. And people are looking for it. I mean, almost desperately, there are only two guys that can go in the first round that, that are right-handed power guys. And um, for the Yankees to have what they have now, it's not easy to find. It could take years be able to draft and find guys you know, they, they have that have, kind of power. You know, the Astros were in a couple of weeks ago, and I saw them in person. Very impressive. They have the right mix. They went and they added the right people. They right now have something. I look, We looked it up today. The 1984 Tigers, believe it or not, only had a three-and-a-half game lead, having only lost 13 games at this point because Toronto had a great record. They were up three-and-a-half. The Yankees were up ten-and-a-half in 98. This team is up 15 games in the loss column. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen that before. And I picked the two teams that I would have thought had might have could have come close. The 98 Yankees, the 60, the 84 Tigers, and they weren't even there. This team has a 15 game lead in the loss column. As a matter of fact, there was a series in around June 20th or June 25th in Tiger Stadium with the Blue Jays, in which the Blue Jays blew. Their bullpen blew all three games, or they could have gone into first place by if they went if they closed out those three games, they could have gone into first place by a half a game. So it, I agree with you. It's it's amazing. Fifteen uh, games in front. I mean that is unbelievable, and that team is just flying. And they're twenty two and six on the road. I know, and they, there's a real spirit there. I mean, they went and got really important veterans to help their young players. I remember last year. So the staff used to talk a lot about we need some veterans kind of to show the way, and Brian McCann has been tremendous for them. But the guy that that the relationship um, between Carlos Correa and Beltran is incredible. I mean, as you know, Beltran's a god in Puerto Rico, but education in 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 baseball, all the rest. And there were a couple of things. About two weeks ago, they scored ten runs. Uh, in the ninth inning, and once you know they were winning like sixteen to five, two outs. I think Beltran had three hits. He had a ground ball to second base, which would have been the third out of the top of the ninth inning. And Correa let it hit him, so the Beltran got the hit, so he had four hits. And then last weekend they were in Miami, and there were a bunch of kids from Puerto Rico behind the screen during BP. Beltran's in the first group and being very proud as a Puerto Rican and doing so much with youth baseball. He went over after he took, he was in the first group, went over, talked to the kids, signed autographs for 20 minutes. Correa was in the second group and watched it. And when Beltran left, Correa was done with BP, went over 20 minutes signing autographs, talking to the kids. Um, that impact, and, and we forget, Correa is 22 years old, you know? And uh, that has really been a tremendous thing for the ass. They're so much more mature than they were in the past. They still they need another pitcher or two, but you know, that's why they're going to be looking at the White Sox in Tampa tonight and looking at Sunday Green Tampa on Saturday. There's going to be a lot of these guys. There's going to be a lot of pitches available. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question. There's going to be some teams, whether it's the Giants, whether it's the Royals, 
go down the line, the Pirates, there's going to be some teams that are going to be uh, ready to uh, looking to trade some pitches. So uh, it's going there's going to be some pitches out there. Oh, definitely. I mean, even I've had a couple of the contending teams say, you know, we're going to just keep following Matt Harvey. Mets may say absolutely no, but you might as well follow it for the time being. Yeah, I don't think they would trade him, but you know what? He has not looked good, though. I mean, he just – and I know the surgery, maybe we're expecting too much. He has been so inconsistent. The perfect example the other night, Mets rally to take a 7-4 lead. He comes out for the sixth. He can't get an out. I mean, he just has had so many up-and-down performances so far. He has really struggled. I mean, I think if I'm the Mets, I wait until just about the All-Star break and see if all of a sudden it doesn't start to click that the mechanics get straightened out and um, everything falls to, in place for him again. But if it doesn't, you know, maybe maybe you do think about it. I think it's something you have to think seriously about. You know, I, I just don't know if you'd get anything for him right now. I mean, I think his value would be at an all-time low. Wouldn't you wait to see if he could get him started next year at least and just see if you could get him, you know, headed in the right direction? I mean, it just he's just been so ordinary so far. His ERA's around six. I know it is. It's... Uh, it's a mystery to me, but it's, you know, maybe he's a lot more injured than that he's let on. Well, maybe coming back from that surgery out. is very tough. I mean, there's no question. Yeah. It's very tough to come back from that. I mean, uh, what other team are you, what would you say about the Cubs right now? I mean, obviously a very soft division, but other than that, what would you say about the Cubs right now? I think that um, I watched them last weekend and, and um, the hitting just seems so out of sync. Buster Walden wrote a great piece on this whole thing about, you know, guys trying to uppercut everything. And um, There are more hitters that have been screwed up by thinking about that than then, especially when you watch the percentage of high fastballs that get swung and missed at today. And I think some of the Cubs have fallen victim to that. I also think that um, I understand why they put Schwarber lead off because he gets on base and the rest. But I'm not sure that um, the expectation of taking a lot of pitches and getting on base don't screw up some hitters. And so just, okay, first fastball I see, I'm going to hit it. And I, it just didn't work with him. He's He's got a chance to be a great hitter. Well, that's a 174 hitter that anybody in baseball would trade for. So, I mean, we oh, all know I, that, yes. I, I mean, let's face it. I mean, the Yankees last year would have been – would have they would have made the uh, – the, the, the deal with the Cubs um, faster if they could have gotten Schwarber and not Torres, even though Schwarber was hurt. Hey, he was per- he's perfect for Yankees, Sam. I totally agree. And he will hit. I mean, he's hit eight home runs, even though he's had a nightmarish start. I haven't watched all his at-bats, but he is hitting 170. But he is he has had eight home runs. So, I mean, eventually it's going to come around for him. Yeah, I, I actually did something today about a, a lot of these kids who have been Conforto, Benetendi, um, Schwarber, um, even Bregman, Swanson, that get to the big leagues in their first full professional seasons, and it looks like they're going to be really good. And then, you know, they haven't had even 500 at-bats in professional baseball. And, you know, these guys will video today. Today, the, the, the preparation is so different than it was 20 years ago that all of a sudden they're pressed to make uh, adjustments that they've never made before. And so they go through those bumps. I mean, look at what could Porter went back to the minor leagues and came back. Now he's terrific again. 
Yeah, he's had a great year. He really he has been very consistent uh, start to finish. Let's say uh, something about the most underrated player in baseball who hands down has to be Charlie Blackman. Nobody talks about this guy. Look at his numbers. I know where he plays, but look at his overall numbers start to finish, counting every category. This guy's put up outrageous numbers this year. He has, and he's played really well on the road as well. I mean, the Rockies have a winning record on the road. Yeah, they've played well on the road, yes. Amazing. But he has really been good. He and Arenado bring an energy to that team every day. They're both great players. And, uh, I mean, Arenado to me is um, unbelievable defensively. <laughs> the way he catches the ball is unlike anyone I've ever seen. But they, he, Blackman, you're right. He is the most underrated player, underappreciated. Um, and I'll tell you, the Rockies now, they lost Ottavino, which is a a big loss in their bullpen because you've got to have a deep bullpen in that ballpark yep. because the recovery time is, is so tough. But they've their international scouting and their drafting has been so good. They've got a bunch of power arms. and I was looking at the numbers. The percentage of balls put in play in that ballpark where ground balls seem to be shot out of guns. Um, it's much lower. Their strikeout rate is much higher, and they're not getting the balls put in play, or they're getting a lot of pop-ups. Um, I think they're dangerous. I I do, maybe not with Houston, but if you go to the National League, I'm not sure the Rockies don't have the best everyday positional players in the league. And I tell you, Holland's had an incredible year. He really has. I All mean, right. that, just an unbelievable year. He's given up 10 hits this year. He's 21 for 21 saves. You know, it's amazing. It's when he had that tryout in Arizona in December. He was still in 91 or so, and, you know, teams are okay. We'll see. But um, their bullpen coach lived in Asheville, right near, and would go to the same workout place. And uh, he used to just go down there and, and uh, there was Darren Holmes, and and uh, he kept watching Garland throw better and better and better. That's how they got him, just because uh, Darren Holmes lived like two miles from uh, from Holland. And uh, you know what? It's been unbelievable. Listen, uh, enjoy the Yankees and the Red Sox. We'll chat next week. Thanks.